Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. This week's episode is a conversation between myself and Jennifer Ivanko of Adventures in Consciousness. We share in a deep dialogue exploring the multidimensional nature and the ways that we can deepen into seeing aspects of ourselves that can support greater humanity and also collective consciousness. It's a deep conversation that encompasses my latest work of living the seven blessings of human experience, being the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace, and knowing the seven human expressions of grace, which are the multidimensional aspects of you that are operating all of the time. I invite you to partake in the conversation and to deepen the conversation within yourself by partaking of the trilogy. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. Um, I'd like to invite you to sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation we're going to have today with Simran Singh, this soul artist, writer, poet, sacred activist, and rebel humanitarian. And she advocates for the visionary and mystic in each person while engaging individuals in their exploration and embrace of their darkest depths to uncover their most brilliant light. One of the things I love about Simran and her work that I've been exposed to is um, that she is someone that is actually on this journey of self-realization and sharing her journey through her work and her books. This book is um, was very powerful. I only had a short time to read it, and now I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back and really integrating because I, I can tell it's one of those books that you uh, read little bits and digest and really take it in. But I'd like to um, talk to you first about how this book became a book. Where, where did it come from? This series, which Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience is the first in a series of three, it came out of me all at the same time. Uh, I went through an experience over the course of seven years, and there was a lot of grief during that time. I think that life took me to a place to open a portal within me and to show me and have me experience something about life that we all encounter. And that is the obstacles, the challenges, the chaos, the darkness, the death, this repeated cycle of things that we each as a human being, we encounter it because it's part of the human condition. And so I knew that I was supposed to stay in that place and fully feel out the cycle until the cycle was complete. But I had no idea how long the cycle was going to be. And back in 2015, as I was walking my dog, and I was in intense grief at the time, uh, I streamed three tables of contents once I walked back home. And I had not been doing any work at that point. I had really given the time to myself to grieve and to feel my emotions and to dive in my internal self. And when I looked at these three tables of contents, I thought, wow, that's brilliant. I know exactly what these three contents are trying to say, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to write them. I feel like I'm supposed to experience them. And so the next four years, 
were actually the experience of these three books within my own life. And I think that's a very powerful piece to share because this is not channeling. It's not study or research. This was life experience. And what I gained from it was this understanding of how organic we are. Because as these books came in in the last two and a half years, I would write a paragraph in the introduction of book one. And then all of a sudden, a, a week later, the, a paragraph on chapter seven of book three would come in. And then it would be book two. And it was this really chaotic type of organic way of life where just little morsels would come in here and there, which is like, that's what life does to us, right? But we don't look at it that way. And then all of a sudden, one day, I looked down and all three were done. They were complete. And, but my experience was also complete. And it was really fascinating to be able to share what it truly means to be a human being going through this human condition if we had been given a manual to tell us what we would encounter how we would encounter it, and how we would navigate it if we had the choice, and how to rise to a higher octave of experience while going through the human condition. And so I wrote these three books with the intention that if I had been born as a baby, that these would have been my instruction manuals <laughs> that would have come, so that I knew what to do in this place that has such opposites, Jennifer. <laughs> I mean, the stuff we hit up against is sometimes so bizarre and excruciating and wondrous at the same time, but if we only had the understanding. And so that's what I want to give to individuals because they really can apply this to their own lives. It's not my story. It's intended and written so that people put their own story within the words. And and I definitely can see that reading the book, that it's it's open in such a way that, that you can put yourself into it and it makes you question in such a way as you're reading it. Um, I do. I, I love the fact that you wrote the three books at the same time and that they were, you know, you said it wasn't channeled, but I would almost sense there's, there's a, a sound of the, your own soul speaking at certain levels. There's such a profound statement and it's a voice. If you've ever written stream written that from your own higher self, you recognize you know, the, I think that what I was experiencing through that time, uh, I had encountered conflict. I had encountered an aspect of life where there was challenge, there was conflict with another individual. That then turned into chaos. Then there were more obstacles. And then I was plunged into darkness, that place of hell that we all go at some point in our lives where we can't see, we can't hear. We don't know what's in front of us or behind us. And we're really having to feel our way around because it feels as if we're blind and deaf. And then that place of death where because of an incident that happens in our lives, we're no longer who we used to be. And we're not quite sure of who we're going to be. And rebirth is not there yet. So I was going through this experience and my commitment was, can I truly immerse in this because life wouldn't keep happening to every single one of us, 8 billion people on the planet, in this exact way all of the time, if there was not something we were to gain from it, if there were not certain aspects we were to express or certain gifts that we were to gain along the way. And what I discovered was seven layers within uh, us that we move through 
and I discovered a multidimensional experience. So the three books are actually the multidimensional experience of me at the same time. As I moved through this very challenging experience, there was me who was living. And that was the unconscious, the robotic, the trying to get it right, trying to figure it out person that we all are. Just moving through life, trying to get through day by day. The second book being The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace comes out in May. And that one is really about the animal self, the shadow, the monster inside, mm -hmm. even the demon nature that we don't realize is at the very core of us at times. Not demon in a bad way, but demon in a way that we have banished ourselves, that we've been banished by society, by the lies that have been told over time. And so as I'm having this very human experience, I become very aware of this animal that would growl sometimes, or this monster that wanted to issue a curse at other times, you know, or this demon that could behave exactly like the person that was opposite me. And I, I was like, oh, wow, I did not know this part of myself. And yet there were these illusions that were wrapped around these different aspects. And I thought, this is beautiful. This is amazing. And it awakened a level of compassion in me that allowed me to open to what my soul has yearned for, what my human self has yearned for. And that was the full expanse of my humanity. And that's what book three is about, knowing the seven ex human expressions of grace is really about opening to our true humanity. We think we have our humanity, but in truth, most of us only have part of our humanity. We haven't fully embraced all of it. And so that's why these are three books, but they're actually one experience that's happening all at the same time. So I would almost say, you know, you say you wish at birth you had this as a manual, but we do, as you also point out, that we have rebirths and so many rebirths in our life. And I feel... My, my teacher, um, Jean Houston, is a mentor, and she used to tell me about that we're, we're speciating, I think she said, to that next level, that next evolution of the, the possible human. And that would be taking in all the different dimensions of self or being, you know, holding the dark and the light as one. Wholeness. Yes. That is our wholeness, isn't it? You know, when we can truly embrace all sides of us, whether that's masculine, feminine, dark, light, lower consciousness, higher consciousness, it, it really means bringing all of it together. And as I started to write, I wanted to honor each of those aspects of me from the beginning. And I tell people when they pick up the book Living, these are not like ordinary books. They're not, you don't read cover to cover. It's not something you're going to breeze through quickly. I don't want you to. I really want people to understand this is something, read maybe a few lines a day, maybe a paragraph, at most a full page. That's it. And let that be enough because the books will work within you. The way it's written will work within you. There will be such awareness that comes. And I truly believe we don't have to go through all of the challenges that we do as human beings but we've never been taught otherwise, and we see a world that models this. We live in a world of illusions and conditions. And so just by the awareness of how we can be different in each situation, in each of the blessed encounters, we start to shift whether or not we even have to go through this cycle again and again. I know there's many people out there who said yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, speaking... 
you again, you you were speaking multidimensionally when you you wrote this book. And the way it was done, it felt like there's no way but to hear it with all the different dimensions of a self. Because it, it interferes. Some of the languaging kind of interferes with the normal static lower self eye that's going to read real quick and take it in. You really have to integrate. I want to talk about that a little bit too, about the wording that you have. But first, um, uh, I wanted to go into a little bit about the technology of being human because I, I found that fascinating too. And there seems to be a little bit of a um, of Vedanta background. Is that true with you? That you have some of the dimensional, some of the wording I hear in the technology um, relates to things I've learned in Vedanta or Ayurveda. You know, I'm a bit of a paradox when it comes to spirituality and metaphysics, personal growth, you know, everything that I've done. I've never been one to go take courses or to go find teachers or to do any of those kinds of things. There's something within me that has always said, you are here to learn through experience. And through that experience, you are here to be the example. And so when I look at life and I look at joy or I look at grief or I look at light and I look at darkness, I want to really immerse in them, all of them, fully and completely. And I don't want to take any influence with me as I go. I want to discover it. And I think that that's really why we were born, to be experience experiencing itself and to be aware of every expansive expression that we have as possibility. And so everything, like I said, that I've written, it's come through my own experience. And I believe we are having a lover and beloved experience on this planet that we are supposed to be in love with life, however it looks. And so it comes out as this romance language for me. It comes out as poetry for me. It comes out uh, as drama for me just as equally. And so I have had people tell me, you know, this sounds like Vedanta, or this sounds like the Sikh faith, or this sounds like something I've read in such and such text. I haven't read any of those things. Even as a child growing up in the Sikh faith, I never spoke the language. And when we moved here, I was not taught the language. So I would go to temple and I'd hear this foreign language all around me. I had no clue what they were saying, but somehow I must have gotten it because it does come through me. In, in my own experience. You know, what's interesting, because it's not just, for me, I go back to Vedanta, because that's my, my studies have been in Vedanta. But I also have done a lot in esoteric and other research and, and shamanism and different. And it's, there's a truth that runs through all of these that I do believe you're, you're so right that you can get from experience because it's direct knowledge within. And these, these others are roadmaps, but we can never really experience it until we take the trip ourselves. The ultimate mission, I believe, for writing these books is to help individuals understand that it doesn't matter where you come from, what your life experiences are, how much you've studied, how much money you've had, how much you have sought after other teachers. You could be anyone, anywhere, and you can reach levels of enlightenment. And the easiest way to do that is to live the life you've been given to fully immerse and face every single thing that your life experience is asking. And many people will say, well, I do that. I'm in my life. How do I not face it? But that's not the truth. 
Because if you come up against something that is really painful, the majority of us, and I've done it in the past myself through workaholism, the majority of us will find a way of distraction. We'll find something to feel just enough, but then we'll move into something else to get busy or to turn away. And our society and culture also tells us that too. Our society tells us to move on if we have grief. It tells us to go achieve something. It tells us to go build a business. It tells us all these things, whether it says it verbally or through modeling. And so we have never really learned to be fully present to the experience that we've had. And that's where I found the opening and the portal. All of the steps and stages through each book, and it's called Seven for a reason, because I found the seven layers, and through that technology of being human, those seven layers and seven blessings, the seven illusions, the seven graces, they all coincided. And by taking each of those steps, I started to release visceral energies within me. I started to release levels of belief and consciousness. I started to release emotions that I was holding. I started to release illusions that we hold in the world like time or money or hierarchy or even evolution, which is what my second book is about. But I couldn't do that unless I was willing to be fully present to where I was so that I could discover my levels of resentment and jealousy and all these things that come up from us that are so viscerally embedded in our bodies that they keep us not only from our humanity, they keep us from our ultimate essence and divinity. And so that's why living, being, and knowing has a multidimensional meaning in and of itself. Mm -hmm. What level are you living, being, and knowing in your own life is the question. And in any moment. Yes, and in all moments, because you're all of them at the same time, every dimension, every level. I always think of it as being in a spectrum that, you know, people are always thinking they're trying to achieve a higher frequency or a higher level. But what if, what if you assume that you're there already and just kind of open up and be, enjoy and love where you are, because it's, that's part of it. It's not like, I don't want to be there. I want to be there. No, no. Because <laughs> right, they're all there at the same time. It's just we're focused in on one specific area. So we've totally negated other levels of experience that are actually taking place. And that's part of the reason the book is written in the way it is, because it doesn't allow you to go through any moment seeing anything else than the full spectrum. I can guarantee that if individuals read one book, they will be changed forever but if they read all three, they will never be who they were. They will be so much more. Yes, and I, I've again, I've just tasted, and I and I can see um, again how this book works on many different levels of you at the same time. And uh, yeah, so back on to course here. I wanted to ask about this human <laughs> human uh, human beings are a technology. Yes. We are. We are energy, truth, growth, and wisdom. We are. And when we bring all of those together, we end up being the unification of our being. And in being aware that we are this energy that completely can transform, can change, can move, can vibrate higher or lower, we start to realize, you know, what we do with this level of energy. To understand that we are truth and we are many, many different levels of truth. You know, there is nothing that's not truth. So if we look at our most animal monstrous self, that self has a truth. It doesn't make it a lie. It's, it's mm -hmm. truth. 
if we look at our human identity self, that has another truth. And then if we look at our higher self or our humanity self, that has a third truth. And all of those truths are operating at the same time. But there's one eternal truth that is the umbrella over all of those. And then the wisdom of experience, the wisdom that we gain from each of these multidimensional levels, it allows us to reach different octaves of our being. And we have multiple octaves of our being. In, in book two, I go much more in depth into the ladder of consciousness that we are able to achieve as we scale up these octaves and what they mean in terms of our own soul growth and expansion as we live our different lives or for those fortunate enough to even go through one life and come to that awareness, they can leap and catapult themselves forward. And then there is the growth aspect and that growth aspect has everything to do with the full embrace like you were talking about before. It's acknowledging and becoming aware of every level of growth and expansion that we have within us and yet being willing to be in where we are to allow that to organically take us to the next level of growth rather than this doing quality that we have as the human condition where we think we have to get somewhere else or we have to be someone else or we have to do something to change our frequency. We simply have to be where we are enough to be able to become aware of what's there also. And through all of that, we reach a level of unification. And that combined technology of being human is what activates humanity and thus opens the portal to divinity. The divinity within. You talk a lot about, um, you know, how we obviously are searching outward. A lot of people, you're born here to search outward, but it's the inward. And I've heard it called in by another tradition, um, the divination of matter the ability to bring consciousness and be aware within matter. And that's, you know, a, a worthy goal for us rather than the search outward for everything, just to really be fully human inside. Yes. Yeah, the first blessing is the blessing of life. And I start off because each blessing has a certain path that we're here to uncover about ourselves. And with the blessing of life, the path is of the seeker. And I go into talking about how we seek we seek, 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 and continuously seek some more. And even when we think we found the answer, we will seek something else because that is part of that experience. But we eventually get to a place where we no longer seek. However, you can't make that choice. You have to exhaust the seeking. Mm -hmm. And only then can you move beyond it. But it is through that seeking that you activate the other six blessings of human experience. And then you, because of those other blessings, the seeking then becomes a being rather than a doing. And it leads you down these other rabbit holes and tunnels and detours that then calibrates us and dissolves the illusions or the negativities or the parts of us that are not true. And then that's how we move into places of mind or heart or energy or physicality uh, or our etheric bodies. And so each of the seven blessings then have seven layers. So then there's a path, there uh, is the way of energy, the way of truth, the way of growth, the way of wisdom. We unify with something for that path to be completed. And when we get to that completion, we unearth a certain set of gifts with each blessing. And that's ours to embrace and expand upon. And that's how we continue up a spiral of expansion as we move through life. And once we get to the top of that spiral, 
well, we'll get to go back again. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. die to who we are, we get to come back again in this lifetime and start over. <laughs> That's what I was, was going to um, mention also the, the, like you mentioned being, that we want to get to that state of being. You often hear, uh, like I, years ago, I was a meditator and all I wanted to do was be, was sit in that meditation pose and just get into that you know, space. And there's something to be said for people that are in that and sharing that energy of being. And yet it seems that there's a journey still, their seeking is still there. It's just they've taken a pause to, to experience something different. Yes, that, that being you're talking about. So if we look at it, if we broke that B down into a multidimensional experience, mm -hmm. there's the capital B, lowercase e. That B is the one that wants to sit and meditate. That B is the one that wants to go take baths. That B is the one that wants to go take a course or do something that they love. That B is what the identity and the mind and the ego will say it is. And then there's the lowercase B and E. And that's an undercurrent that we're constantly expressing that we're most likely unaware of. And that lowercase B might be angry. That lowercase B might be frustrated. It might be pissed off at the world. It might be adamant. It might be stomping. It might be joyous. Who knows? But that lowercase b is more than likely one of those denser energies. And that's vibrating from us. That's operating in the world. And that's creating something. And it's usually stomping its feet in the corner because we're not recognizing it. Not because it's not getting what it wants. It's because we're not recognizing it. And then there's a third one. And that's the capital B, capital E. And that being is willing to feel it all. It's willing to feel the density of the lowercase b. It's willing to feel the identity's desire for what b is. And it's willing to unearth what's inside as the sparkly gems and nuances that we are as a human being. And when we put all three of those together, that's when we open the portal to higher self. That's when start to recognize there's a, a Christ light or a light within us and it encompasses all of these things and we start to fall in love with ourselves and that falling in love with every aspect of self that's falling in love with God because God is all of the being that's beautiful. and that will be that light bulb moment that's beautiful and we need to take a break here and I yeah. can't wait to come back we're also going to have a, a moment to read something out of um, Simran, read an excerpt out of the book. Welcome back. You are listening to Adventures in Consciousness, The Conversation. And our guest today is Simran Singh. And we're speaking about her book, uh, Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience. Before we um, listen to an excerpt, I want to go back once again to the wording, this, the way you phrase this with the you, 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 or the I, and you already explained the B. Can you go a little bit more into how, why you wrote it this way and what, what it means? Absolutely. Um, at the back of each of the three books, I explain why I've written this book in this way. Part of it is written this way for the recognition of all aspects of you in moving through life. And, and as an individual reads the book this way, they become more and more present to those aspects of them so that when they go out in the world, 
they're approaching every situation from those three sets of eyes, those three sets of you that are always existing. Why do this? Because that's where our compassion is going to come from. That is where our humility, that is where our oneness and our understanding of other people will start to come from. That is going to create more love in the world because we'll be able to see ourselves in other people in a more multidimensional way. And we'll be able to recognize where other people are when we meet them. And when we can love the animal or monster of ourselves, when we can love the robotic or unconscious part of ourselves, when we can love the part of ourselves that is uh, fully in their humanity, then all of a sudden when we see individuals, we can just be present to them. We don't need to fix them. We don't need to change them. We don't need to change their circumstance. We can hold people and this world in the gravity that it is. And in that way, we will start to create a higher vibration of love. And so as individuals read these pieces, they will slow down and they will be more present to themselves, thus being more present to the others. I start off the book with the use, but I speak of it in terms of I. And one of the eyes are the two eyes that we see. That is the robotic unconscious self. That is the ego. That is the mind. That is the personality. That is identity. That is the part of us that carries a story that either holds us back or pushes us forward. Those set of eyes are how we see the world. It's the lens through which we create every thought, every word, every action that we partake of. And what we don't realize it is that set of eyes that we're projecting ourselves onto every other person in the world and every other experience in the world which is why we keep recreating the same stuff over and over again. And then there's this lowercase I that's kind of sitting back, that's kind of skulking and not quite sure what to do, that's kind of tight and constricted, that's in fight or flight and fear mode, perhaps frozen at times. And that's that lowercase I. That also encompasses the inner child, both the wounded inner child and the one that was here to shine that doesn't feel worthy of shining doesn't know if it's safe to shine. So all of those are encompassed in that little tiny eye. And I don't know if other people have done it, but over the years I've always stopped with a pause, not quite sure why I was pausing, but knowing that every time I did it, it made me stop. If I'm typing something and I accidentally type a little eye rather than the eye the that I'm supposed to, it always made me look at it kind of interestingly. And now I realize why. It was almost as if that part of me was trying to get my attention. So notice when you type a little I <laughs> as opposed to the bigger one, because that part of you is speaking to you in that moment. And then there's the capital I, and that's the humanity part of us, the part of us that understands that this world is not feeling the way it should feel. It's not expressing the way it should express. And that bigger I can do that for ourselves and for other people. And so when we start to think in terms of that way, then we start to realize every time I'm looking through these two eyes, I'm creating the world that I see. And I have a choice to carry these other two eyes with me as I move through that understanding. Yeah, beautiful. I love how you describe that. And, and it's almost like you should, it would be great to have a recording of you as you open the book to explain, you know, to speak of that you know, when you first start. When you, when you read it, I, I like it also because it seems to be an interrupt, as I mentioned before, when you're reading, because, you know, you use it and you, you, you kind of create this distance 
for the mind to say, wait a sec, and really, again, speak to many different levels of me as a reader while I'm reading it. And uh, I think you mentioned this book is a book that you, when you read it, you go on a journey through it and it works on you, whether you're almost despite how you take it in intellectually. It bypasses the mind. It will go right to the bridge between your heart and your soul. And, and so, you know, I, I tell people, you, you don't have to read this book any particular way. You can read just the bold sections. You can read just the questions under the headlines. You can read just the paragraphs. There's something about the energy of this. And what most people don't know is for me to come up with what is written in these three books, it was a seven-year process of stopping. I completely paused life and did nothing but feel every single nuance that was coursing through me every single experience that was happening in my life. And I happened to have been hit with a very personal traumatic experience. So to be able to go inside myself and fully feel the level of trauma that was occurring within the current life experience, but then be able to viscerally discern the cultural trauma, the ancestral trauma, for it to continue to deepen inside of me as an understanding is how these words came forward and how I became to realize how important these different levels of self are. They're not just here for us in this incarnation. They're here serving a purpose. Uh, our, our pain is holding our power. And it is this beautiful experience of awakening to the knowing that our dharma is actually in our karma. You know, we, we think, our mind wants to think we have to go do something or makes up what it wants to be in this world. And I did the same thing. I, I created what I thought I wanted to create. And my first three books are beautiful, but I also know now that was identity and personality and ego and everyone else creating those three books. You know, they serve, but still, that was a part of me that was ambitious, that wanted something, that, that wanted to put something out into the world. These three books came from my karma. And I know this is my life's work. But the only way I could have attained this wisdom is fully facing that karma that was over many lifetimes that had to culminate in this one moment of experience. And I was willing to give that to myself. And in doing so, I was able to create something that I could then give to the world. Well, and, you know, again... This journey that you took, you also didn't look at the destination or where you were going. Yeah. You allowed it to be, and it, you know, last month we had somebody on, Leanne, who um, does meta art, frequency art. And so she gets into a frequency such as love or unity, and then she pours that into the painting and many different levels and, and dimensions of it. In your seven years experience, you are pouring it into your words so that we can then experience that frequency and that energy so it can carry us on that journey. Exactly. And what I also went through in that seven-year experience was a deconditioning process. And so the number seven holds a huge spiritual vibration on its own. But what I came to realize as I continued through the grief, as I continued through not just my own story and identity, moving through something, but then my ancestry and then the collective experience that I was tapping into, I realized, you know, I went through a zero to seven process of tapping into 
what we soak up as children from zero to seven, where there's no mental understanding of what we're experiencing or emotional awareness of what we're experiencing. It's all physiology. And so when people go through a disintegrating process, when they're when they lose someone, let's say, to, to death, or when they experience a trauma, or they go through a divorce, or they lose a job, or have a health crisis, all these very human type of experiences, it's trying to get us to go back to that very physical, visceral understanding of how we are perceiving life on a level that our mind and our emotions can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where so much of this came from, particularly book three. It's, it's what the body knows is truth. It's what the body is here to share. And I think that will resonate with people as they read through the book because now they're going to have a sense of understanding, why do I feel this ache sometimes? Why do I seem to have this depression every September? I don't know why. Every September it shows up. There's reasons for these rhythms and these patterns and these cycles, and it's all within ourselves. And, and you give, it's, this book is like a key then to, to open these three books, open that journey for our own personal journey through it. Okay? Yes. So you want to take us how, through one of these blessings, how it works? Yes, absolutely. So within the book, at the back of the book, I have the grid work, which uh, shows you not only living's seven blessings, but it will actually take you through being's illusions and knowings graces and you can read these vertically or you can read these grids across but for the purposes of living let's just go through the blessing of conflict so we all encounter conflict and conflict comes after we've uh, experienced life after we've gone through the blessing of challenge usually then the conflict starts at the time of conflict, the way that we are supposed to move is through the path of the visionary. Now, the mind is going to say the visionary is something outside. It's the path that we're going to go create because we're going to move beyond this path, this conflict. But in fact, the visionary is the one that can hold the vision of what they can't see physically out in the world yet. It's that place of faith where we know what the outcome should be, but nothing in our world is looking like that. And we hold steady to that visionary piece. Through that, we use the energy of air. And the energy of air is how we're inhaling and exhaling not only the energies of the world, but specifically the mind, the thoughts. We are susceptible not only to the thoughts within us from our history and our past experiences, but unknowingly, we are susceptible to the collective thoughts that are around us. We pick those up. And so to become very discerning, and not let those influence the visionary aspect of us becomes very powerful in terms of moving to a higher octave. So we get to analyze and see how our mind is and raise that to a higher octave. And that's where the growth of the mind mastery comes from. And that's the next level. So we have the path of the visionary and then we move through the mind mastery growth. And that takes us to the truth of essence. So we get to see the truth of where we are as identity and then we get to rise to a higher octave which is the truth of essence. And that's only going to come through the wisdom of witnessing. So as we're moving through the mind, we get to witness where we are, which is how we discover who we actually be, which is more than likely not the human being. It is the animal or the monster that we end up being. And by discovering that, we then move up the octave, whether it is to move up to being unconscious and robotic or to move up higher into humanity. We get to have the choice 
And then to allow that visionary aspect, we have to unify with our creative aspect. And so that's where we have to allow the organic nature of our creativity to come forward, but not to do anything with it. The visionary is not meant to go do anything. The visionary is meant to just hold the vision. So the creativity is part of the masculine aspect of inspired action just through creation, but not out in the world to do anything. This is a very internal process as you move through the different blessings. And when we do that, when we stay internal, when we allow the organic nature of essence to move through us, we open to light, love, and compassion. Those are the gifts of conflict. And as we can ground in an alignment of light, love, and compassion, then all of a sudden we start to shift the experience outside of us, we integrate the conflict, and then we move into the blessing of chaos, which is what one would think, well, that's the opposite direction that I want to go. (laughs) But you know what I found out from writing these books? They were written in the energy of chaos. They were like confetti, a piece coming in here and a piece coming in there and a piece coming in here. And if you look at the universe and the Big Bang Theory, that was chaos. And look at what it produced, a gorgeous planet with the most infinite array of expressions. Chaos is not necessarily a negative thing. It is the reorganization of energy, the reorganization of truth and wisdom so that we can have something at a higher experience. So when chaos hits, it's actually a beautiful blessing because it's tearing down anything that's not true. And it's allowing us to create art from something that's messy. You know, I once heard um, chaos is, is, exists when we experience, when we can't yet see the complexity that's arising. Yes. Yes. Very nice. So in the way you describe this, these blessings happen one after the other. So it is a rhythm and a cycle. So if people look at their lives and that's another way to read the book, you know, if, if they're in a place where they're in chaos, then I would suggest go to the section on chaos. That's exactly where you need to be. Follow that ladder and it will take you to the next places, which are going to be your obstacles. And then it's going to be your darkness. And then it's going to be your death, which will lead to rebirth. So this cycle happens over and over again, and it will happen in exactly this order to let you know which path to take, to let you know where to focus the growth, to let you know where the gifts are going to be that you can awaken to within yourself. And that lets you stay in a steady course towards the higher aspect of essence, while also being very grounded in the earth and the human experience that you are having. We are meant to be the bridge And we are meant to be the embodiment. And in this way, by being in each level of experience, we become embodied and we integrate it. And that's how we actually expand our levels of consciousness. I love it. Embodied, you know, stepping into it. You um, you know, we talk about trying to, um, my mind is just going totally blank because you put so much into me. (laughs) It's like, I want to tell her about this and this. No, um. I'm I'm really excited about this. I'd re- love them to hear your voice now, and I'll try to remember what I was going to say. Okay, sure, sure. Well, since I since I spoke about conflict, I thought maybe that was the section that I should um, read a little bit from. Conflict offers an opportunity to burn away what accumulated over time. This can be between two or more people, companies, political parties, countries, or multiples of any type of entity. 
In coming together out of a sacred soul commitment, these individuals or entities activate and release energy that have compounded within this lifetime or over many lifetimes, generations, and lineages. Although you may be engaged in a personal conflict, this clash also serves as a pressure valve for what is collective. Should you release, should release occur during conflict, energy balancing affects both sides. However, if resolution does not occur, other blessings will develop to support the release of energies at play. The blessing of conflict invites the path of the visionary. Upon this path, the energy of air awakens experiences of giving and receiving. Mastery of mind invites the truth of essence, which deepens in wisdom through witnessing. These integrate through merging with hidden creative aspects. Your soul's free will chose the blessing of conflict. Engaging divine will shall reclaim and expand your gifts of light, love, and compassion. Those familiar with you will question why you're changing and why you do the things you do, say the things you say, and behave differently than before. Your changes frighten them. They stand on edge, react, and lash out. You do too when not understanding why they can't accept you or your choices, changes, expression, or point of view. The more you want to fly, the more caged you feel. Toxicity rises and conflict ensues. Life will throw curveballs, not to have you miss, but to teach you new ways of bending, turning, catching, and landing. Life is the journey of your emotional and mental topography. You want to stay, but need to go. You want to be bigger, but feel small, perhaps invisible. You desire to be heard. They are not listening. They desire to be heard. You are not listening. There is no communication. Only words and actions fly back and forth. However, the friction erupting serves both sides. A learning opportunity is present for all involved. As you discover your voice, it may issue an unconscious eruption and at times spout a vomitous tirade. This is your shadow releasing what your subconscious is thinking. You are reacting. However, you speak what has been rumbling, rumbling and repressed for a long time. Your impulse to react, defend, fight, or leave will only create further external conflict. This feels real, but is actually the illusion of perspective, perception, and past filters. Inner aspects of you are in turmoil. Conflict is the release of something far more than the issue at hand. Conflict is not wrong or bad. It is the reconciliation of imbalanced energies. Beautiful. Wonderful. Um, what I was going to say before, and of course now is the perfect timing, I was going to say the perfect timing of this book, that for humanity right now, um, that it is within all of our reach to, to find the divinity, to experience that. And I think I'm, I'm especially excited about how you wrote this book with, this, with the seven-year process and um, experiencing it. And almost in a a conscious, unconscious way, it was touching each of us, giving us that energy so that we can then move forward and, and or move back or move, expand out. <laughs> yes. From in. Um, you know, now more than ever, Jennifer, it's a book for these times. These three books are for these times. And part of the reason I wanted to read that passage and part of the reason that I brought up the blessing of conflict is because when we look at the world, whether we look at Ukraine or whether we look at conflicts in our own relationships, 
our willingness to do this work, our willingness to be present to it, even if only 10 minutes a day, reading a paragraph a day, it does alleviate the energies on a collective level. We can only see on the outside what we all are holding on the inside. And so many people want to serve the world. So many people want to see certain things not happen on our planet. But I think what recognition is being missed is that our holding of consciousness, particularly that which we don't realize is within us, is what creates these types of experiences. And so living helps us get in touch with that and will serve the world in a huge way. Uh, when, when book two comes out in May, that will really illustrate how we as individuals are creating this collective world outside of us through the illusions that we hold. I love that. I do a lot of work with collective work, but it's important to remember the individual within the collective because we are both, you know, we are the collective. And I love that um, pointing out again, everything we're seeing outside is a reflection of what's going in the totality of our inside, you know, of who we are. And so, but bringing that light and that awareness inside is something that everybody can do right now that makes a difference on the outside. Well, and that's part of the reason that I have the you, you, you written inside the book. And, and for people that haven't seen the book yet, it's, it's capital Y-O-U with the slash, lowercase U, and then another slash, and then an uppercase U. And I'm referring specifically to the individuals as you move through this because that's the work. But we can also look at this as the capital Y-O-U is the human being. The lowercase Y-O-U is the darkness on the planet. And the uppercase Y-O-U is the higher vibration on the planet. So it is that collective that is being touched when we do this work as well. Another layer of the multidimensional experience that we are. And again, she, uh, Simran explains this in the back of, I know in the first book, and you said in all three books, you have that glossary that explains and gives you sense of the dimensions of these words which are reflecting us dimensions of ourselves yes and and the dimensions can be applied to any any word um, and I think that that's part of the mind shift that I desire for people to to experience as they move through the book so um, we we're running out of time I did want to say if you want to learn more please please look at her book I mean it was wonderful I'm going to really enjoy it over the next month. But we, uh, of course, if you want to hear more from Simran, you can go to her website, which is IamSimran.com. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Jennifer Ivanko and Adventures in Consciousness for that deep and rich conversation. Spend a few more minutes with me as you enjoy the song that I prepared for you to deepen you into your own multidimensional nature. Contracts come, lives intertwine Anger, sadness, grief and resentment A soul curriculum we must all learn in our own time Sing your song out loud while creating your story A spiritual journey a human experience there are no mistakes no mistakes in all this glory in all this glory all seems lost 
When you look in the mirror, hope is gone. Let yourself fall to hear the call. This is the beginning where you learn to belong. A life wrought with separation, no its preparation, leading you, guiding you to who you are, to who you really are. In a moment, you'll awaken to your soul's true call. Fall to the ground and cry your tears. Say your prayers and dive into your fears. It's the road of every human soul, the path of all time. To begin this journey believing we are deaf, dumb and blind. In the land of opposites, burning as an ember, you will learn to shine where you'll find. What is mine is yours. What is yours is mine. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.